Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope to give you a little more insight into industry's perspective. Our mission is to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Today's episode, Small Business Set-Asides. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to talk about small business set-asides. We are. This is another one of those many features that's unique to government contracts. So we're going to talk about it. Okay, so we're going to cover what are small business set-asides, what acquisition time zone are we in when we're talking about set-asides, so that's the when, and then we're going to talk about why government cares and why industry should care about this concept of small business set-asides. So to get it started... When do we think about set-asides? What acquisition time zone are we in? So to, to flash back a bit to podcast number three, which talks about the time zones. In this case, we're starting with time zone number two, the market research. And the market research would be, can a small business do this? And the best way to find that out is to put something on FedBizOps or to, or to anywhere else for that matter that you can get access to all of the companies who could do the work and ask them, can you do this as a small business? So you're in the market research zone, and then when you hit zone three, when you hit the RFP zone, this is locked in. So what is locked in? What is a small business set-aside, and what kinds of set-asides are there? So a small business set-aside is when a competition is set aside, just like it sounds like, for a specific group of companies. For example, could just be a small business, which is defined and depends on the, the industry, and then there are niches under that. You have an 8A competition, which is a specific type of company. You have to be certified and those kind of things. That's in 6.204. And then we have a hub zone, which stands for historically underutilized business zone. That's another micro small small business, and that's under 6.205. And then there's one called the service disabled veteran owned small business, which is under 6.206. You get a theme here. And then we have a women-owned small business, one which is under 6.207. And all of these are more detailed in FAR Part 19, because remember, I'm saying we're in FAR Part 6, right? FAR Part 19, which is a whole other podcast, by the way, Let's, I'm not even, other than to tell you that's where small business language is. That's where the how of how to do small business set-asides is done. This is what they are. So what they are basically is any one of these scenarios, and there's a bonus one, ready for this one? Set-asides for local firms during a major disaster or emergency. And that's in 6.208. So, for example, if you have a contract that's in, in response to some disaster, right, and they're going to have companies, they're going to set aside the contracts to compete them for companies that are residing in or doing business primarily in the affected areas. That's kind of unique, right? So that's you can get really done, down into the Nats eyelash here. Here's the big takeaway. All of these say the contracting officer may set aside. So in other words, a contracting officer is going to decide whether or not is this a service-disabled veteran-owned small business set-aside? Is this an 8A? Is this a women-owned? Is this just a general small business? That's the may. So that's, that's one of those things I think people think, oh, this has to be a small, set, small business set-aside. No, it doesn't have to be. The really important takeaway here is that it's may. The contracting officer and the acquisition team are making a judgment call on whether or not this is something that should be set aside for some type of small business. To say it a different way, the acquisition team has decided that no large businesses are allowed to submit a bid. They will not be considered. And the reason they've decided that is they figured out through their market research that the work can be done by at least 
one by more than one small business. And th- there are, these are the socioeconomic parts of the FAR, right? This is, this is designed, big picture, this is designed to help small businesses get a leg up so that the government's not always buying from the same large vendors. So that that's why you know you, as you went through the the all the different there, we have a lot of far in this this episode but as you went through all the different far parts there's actually a little part that describes each one and and why why would you want to help women own small businesses or service disadva- service disabled veterans small businesses or hub zones because you want to you want to give them a leg up where they they could not otherwise compete and you know this is this is all economics, but this is supposed to be good overall for the health of our economy to build up small firms, right? And you hear the concept of small businesses are backbone of the American economy. Let me show you what that looks like. Of the, I don't know, pick a number. It's twenty five million, depending on twenty five to thirty million businesses in the United States. Forty thousand out of the twenty five million or whatever number, it's a giant number. Let's say it's twenty five million. I think it's. I've heard as high as thirty four million. But anyway. Only 40,000 out of them are the big companies that you know and love, like the Googles and the GEs and whatnot. So 99.99999% are small. That's what I'm saying here. Yeah, I don't this, know about that math. That's a lot of nines. <laughs> okay, I made that up. But you get the point. 40,000 out of 25 million, do the math, okay? But the point is most companies are small business. And so there's, a lot, there's economic reasons behind it. Yes, there's a socio, I mean, this FAR Part 19 is called socioeconomic. But in FAR Part 19, and in 19.2, and again, we're using lots of FAR references. It says the goal is to maximize practical opportunities for small businesses, including all these ones that we just talked about. So that's the intent here, right? And we can make all kinds of reasons of, of what's good and bad about that. But there's number one takeaway is that the contracting officer is making that judgment call. And then number two takeaway here is that these set-asides do not require a separate justification and approval. And you go back. Ah, so if you're a contracting officer – you can do a set aside and you can limit the competition to small businesses that can do it and make the process a little more efficient, maybe. And one of the bonuses here, number one, you don't, the, the reason not having to do a justification and approval, if you go back and listen to number 17, it talks about the JNA, the justification and approval for not having competition. That's a big document. That's a whole different separate issue. In this case, you're just saying, based on my market research, there, here are four companies that can do this work. Poof, we're deciding to set it aside as a small business. And then the other reason you do this, you've heard me say before, this idea of the contracting officer is trying to get to one, not, not the one in a cynical sense, but they're trying to take all the 500 companies that could do this and pick one. Well, one of the more efficient ways to get that list down is to take out all the large businesses and don't let them bid. So you're, you're trying to thin the herd here, right? And this is a great way to do that. And again, you don't have to go get somebody else's approval. You depending on the agency procedures, you may have to go get approval. In fact, you probably will from the, the small business development folks in that, in that, like they usually call it the small business program manager. You have to get them to, to chime off on it if it's over a certain amount of money. But the big takeaway here is this is an efficiency factor of I can take all of these companies that could do it and thin them down to just the hub zones or just the 8As and still get competition. So that's one of the many reasons to do it. Yep. So why do they do it? Why do they do it? Not because they think that, hey, we want to be nice to small businesses. It's 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 required. This is this is this is the, our government has decided this is a good thing, and it's worked for a long time. But the heads of the contracting, the head of contracting for for the agencies are responsible 
to to build a small business program. And I don't think there's any specifics for exactly what those goals have to be, but the heads of the head of contracting for the agency sets up small business goals and that's what the COs are beholden to. Across the agency, you have to have to try to award a certain amount of the contract dollars to small businesses of one type or another. An example would be the VA. Guess who they're going to have a preference for? Guess why? As opposed to NASA, who may not have a, I don't know, 5% requirement for service to disabled veterans and small businesses. They might. I don't know. You can go look. I'm sure it's on their website somewhere. But the point is they each are going to have their unique one. So there it is again. There's this idea of targeting. Do you know what your target agency's goals are? Because if you don't and you're not in the group they're trying to give contracts to, don't be surprised when an opportunity doesn't come out with your particular socioeconomic group to it. Did you get that? I got it. All right. Why should government folks care about small business set-asides? Well, first, as we've been saying, the FAR says so. You have to care about it. As does the Small Business Act, by the way. That's another reference we'll pull in later. But so that's the book answer. So what, Our, what benefits do you get out of doing this besides just the fact that you have to? There are some benefits to caring about small business, right? And, and this is from personal – this is Kevin's perspective um, from personal experience. I'm, I'm very leery of saying every time, but my spidey senses tell me every time of the small business contracts I've awarded. It ended up – I don't want to say it's a better service because that's kind of an unfair assessment. But it was really, really good. It was a great result right? when I did small business set aside. More often than not, they were done faster, and I could give you lots of examples of that. And yes, for those of you who are, are fixated on, on the cost, more often than not, they were cheaper. And, and let me show you why that is. A small company out, out west, the contract that they won, it was a small business set aside, and, and this is one example. This is a real example, and I can give you 20 that are just like this. That company, the revenue they got from the contract that just I was the contracting officer. I'm not talking about the government agency was their customer. I'm not talking about the government customer. I'm talking about my contract. My contract with them represented approximately 5% of their revenue. As a small company, think about what that means. I got phenomenal service. Now, is that a selfish, self-centered way to look at it? Of course You're, it is. You are one twentieth of their business. But think about that from a, I mean, again, I'm not trying to pick on the large business, but I, I was audit dust for them. Even on the, 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 like I had a $80 million contract for a particular type of product that only one large business made. And I scrapped with them for months because in the end, they're a publicly traded company and you know, they got their own stuff to deal with. And quite honestly, that $80 million in revenue out of their, what, nine digit or 10 digit revenue stream is noise. Whereas for a small company, you, you feel like a rock star. So as a, as a contracting officer, yes, I had a preference for small businesses. And now here's the other side of that. But man, when they screw up, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because there is no backup. Right. That happened once where I ordered to a small small company, and and you've heard me talk about before. I didn't look under every single rock, and it was a mess. I kind of regretted it. And that's the fear. So you're balancing that, wow, I can get phenomenal service. Like, for example, there's a reason that I have an individual guy that has his little company with three employees mowing my grass as opposed to having, like, some giant conglomerate do it. That's the same. Put it on the commercial hat. If, you're, if you like hiring small local companies to provide certain services to you, then that, that's their small business set aside. You chose to look at three bids. If you need just a, a system to be able to manage all of the you – know, back up all of your data, well, then maybe you'll go to Amazon S3. That's a choice you're making. That's what the commercial side looks like. 
when you're choosing, do I want to set this aside for small businesses or do I want to use, and I'm oversimplifying it, but you, you get the feeling that that's the difference in the feeling. So I find it interesting that you've, you've, in your experience, you found that small businesses were, were actually cheaper because th- th- that can happen. The system's actually set up so that contracting officers can award to a higher priced small business. They, they expect that there, there's a small business premium because a lot of things you buy, small businesses cannot provide more efficiently or, or cheaper. You know, this, this whole thing is set up so that large businesses have these great economies of scale that allow them to do things more cheaply where no small businesses could ever catch up. This system is designed to give small businesses a chance to build some of that scale. So the government's actually allowed to pay a little more. And we, we know as the government when we're buying something that we could get this a little cheaper, but there's a big picture reason behind why we want to pay a little bit more for it. And I had a competition exactly like that. It, this was an obscure aircraft-related thing, building, building one part for, for aircraft. Lots of big companies could have done it very efficiently because they already had all of the machinery. They already had all of the trained people. But we set it aside for small business because the actual work was not that difficult. It wasn't something that required 50 years of experience and a giant factory and people that had done it for 10 years in order to do it. You just needed a chance to build it yourself, which you would never be able to do if you had to compete against large businesses. But as a small business, if you're only competing against other smalls, everyone's already on a level playing field. So in my experience, small businesses usually cost more. You know what? That's a phenomenal point because in, and I'm going to paint with a broad brush to, to, to tie onto your conversation here in a commodity environment. That's absolutely true. So going back to my Amazon S3 example, or going back to the guy that mows my grass cost X amount. If I had some conglomerate that they had a much more efficient system and the overhead because they, they're, they were able to get better financing on the 17 trucks they own as opposed to the one pickup truck he has. I mean, yeah, it's a, they would be cheaper. And it, that's very true that you know, the economies of scale does kick in. So that's a very good point. I went to nice counter to my point of it's not always cheaper. <laughs> and the more of a commodity is, then the more you probably will pay for a small business to do it. Very good point. And this is why this is fun because there's, there's no yes or no. It's always gray. And then the other side of, of why government cares about this is you want the small businesses to know that the system isn't rigged. And what I mean by that is that the expectation, a lot of the, you know, the – when you talk to people who don't have any government contracts, most of the time they assume that those large businesses basically run the show. And while on one hand, yes, they may have X number percentage of the overall budget, the number of transactions that they touch is much smaller than, than the combination of the small companies. So those small companies need to know that they have a real chance to play. And the small business set aside is a pretty clear way to do that because now they've got a, an opportunity that even the large business doesn't have. So here's my short answer. So let's talk about why industry should care about small business set asides. So if you're a small business, you care about this a lot. This goes back to targeting. If you understand, if you can, if you're communicating with your customers and you're, you're, you can convince them that small businesses can do this, you don't have to compete against those large businesses that may have lower costs than you due to these scale things we were just talking about. So if you're a small business, this is a way to really take advantage of a system that's set up to help you as a small business grow. 
And the idea there is that you're going to have fewer sharks in your lagoon. And I use that analogy because there are lots of sharks competing for every contract, right? But if you can thin it down to just the women-owned small businesses, well, let me say that again. If you can help influence the contracting officer thinning it down to just those women-owned small businesses, now you know who the sharks in the pond are. The sharks in the pond doesn't make sense. The sharks in the lagoon are. And this gets back to what we talked about in episode 16 with the importance of targeting that ended up being a, a formal webinar. So the, the basic idea there is that you need to thin the herd of your competitors. So you have fewer sharks in the lagoon. Thin the and, herd of sharks? Is that what you're saying? Off the game here. No, I love it. <laughs> thin. How do you thin sharks? I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny one. Okay, my analogies are falling apart here. You want less comp. Let me go back to just straight language. You want less competition. There nice. you go. You get less competition. Boring. By, yeah, boring. That's true. You get less competition by influencing the acquisition to have it set aside for the group that you're specifically in. How's that? And it's going to give you a strategic advantage because, again, foot stomping the whole targeting thing here, is if you are really awesome at one thing and you're only having to compete with a couple of other companies who are maybe less awesome than you, now you've got a really strong advantage because the government's requirement is to compete it. So the more targeted you are, and let me give you an example. You make power supplies and your power supplies, which Lots of people can make power supplies, but very few veteran and small businesses can make power supplies. Even fewer ones that are 8As can make power supplies. Even fewer can make ones that weigh a certain amount, can withstand a certain temperatures, can, with, can withstand certain pressure, you know, whatever. Put those, all those variables together, and now you've got a real strategic advantage. But until you think about where does the small business process fit into that, how does that happen? How do you get to be an 8A? How do you get to convince the contracting officer to set this aside for just 8A? You got to understand that process and your capability. So that's why it's, it's a combination of both. You got to get your capability, do your targeting, and then understand how the small business piece pays. Into right. It. And understand it. You have to be able to prove that you're a small business. We, we're not going to get into certifying yourself as a small business or anything, but it, it's, it's good to know that you, you have to be able to prove that you are this type of small business to the government. Yeah, there is there is that whole detail. So, if you're a large business, why why should you care if you're if you're a large business in industry? Well, this is a point. If it's going to be set aside, this is this is a targeting thing. You shouldn't waste your time and energy going after opportunities that are going to be set aside or are set aside. If you if you miss the point, if you miss that sentence that said this will be a small business set aside, you waste a lot of time and money. And if you don't see one that you, you may be the incumbent on it. And again, it's, this, is, this is the kind of stuff I didn't think would happen, but I've seen it enough times that it really does. Company wins the work. They're a small business when they win the work. Fast forward five years, they're now a large business. They didn't plan for the fact that mm, you're not going to be able to compete for this. You can team with somebody and be a sub to them and help them win it. But I, again, it seems like hey, this is one of those that was – Seems like it's a no-brainer, right? As you're growing and, and, and winning more work, and, and over five years, you could end up being a. If this is particularly an issue in service contracts, where the the, the the small business numbers are smaller, like you could be a fifteen million dollars is not a huge amount of revenue when you started out at eight, and all of a sudden you doubled in the, in the next five years, and poof, you're a large business. If you don't see that coming, you got a problem because guess what? You can't bid on the work that you had. Yeah, you you were very successful when given extra advantages, and suddenly, boom, you're a large business and. And you're competing with Lockheed. <laughs> and don't forget, as a large business, 
you have to care about subcontracting because the government cares about it and they pass their goals down to you so that you have to track you, the types of small businesses that you subcontract to that that you hire as a large business and then you have to submit small business reports to the government so that they can take credit for meeting their small business goals through you and the last reason why industry should care is this is a system we have you can either Learn to live with the system and take advantage of it, or you can ignore the system. And hope for the best, which is a <laughs> Thanks for closing off that thought. <laughs> All right, Kevin, let's wrap it up there. So remember, listeners, the podcast is enough for you. That's awesome. If you want more depth on some of these topics, you can join the Skyway Connection community. You can go to skywayacquisition.com slash connect and enter the promo code podcast, and you can try the community for free for a while. Remember, this podcast is driven by listener ideas. What do you guys care about? You can go to the contractingofficerpodcast.com site, hit the contact button, send us a message, let us know what you want to hear about. And also be sure to look us up on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all those places. And then our, my personal favorite plug is write us a review on iTunes, please, because it's how people find us and we're giving away this information for free. So please help them find it. All right, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. See ya. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, go to contractingofficerpodcast.com, hit the contact button, and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.